Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 68. Isn't it great? <laughs> yeah, 68, feeling great. The only word I could think that rhymed with with eight was appropriate. <laughs> that was the only word <laughs> I could think of. <laughs> in my, in my, in my oh. head at the moment, that was the word that came up, and I was like... Interesting. Where do I go from here? Let's postulate. <laughs> I don't know. 68, reciprocate. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, 68, Alexander the Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our vocabulary is on display today. Oh, that was a trivia question. Alexander the Great? Yeah, what was the trivia question about, I though? I don't remember. But I just know we got it wrong. Yeah, it was some kind of like... Yeah, Roman or some, yeah, Roman Empire like general, general or general. But what did we say? We said the guy from um, was it Nero or no? We said uh, the one that's the gladiator movies about. Oh, Maximus! No, it's Maximus Aurelius. Aurelius yeah. yeah. Or Marcus Gosh. Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I don't know if I was present for that trivia. If I did, I don't think I was listening. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I don't know. Maybe it was a trivia? It was something. We, did, but we, we did said a, Marcus yeah, Aurelius we had a, for something. We did have a question about it. Dang. Maybe you were busy with what Little Man. Alexander Maybe. the Great. Yeah. Demanding all of your attention. All right. All so right. we started off and we got on a wild tangent <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> Big surprise. Thanks to me. Big surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're here. Episode number 68. If you could tell by the title, we're talking about stouts because we are entering stout season stout season and stout season begins the holiday season basically uh and right around the corner it will be the month of december which means advent calendars Woo-hoo! oh yeah advent calendars or if you you know say you don't drink a lot of beers uh intro to alcoholism <laughs> <laughs> here's a beer a day for 24 days yes you must drink a beer a day a pint a day for 24 days uh but no advent calendars are a you know fun way to to celebrate the holiday season and to look forward to something every day mm-hmm. and just to be like oh here's a little thing uh, a lot of local like brew shops will do advent calendars uh, our local place tapped Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're doing an advent calendar. We actually didn't snag that one this year because we were able to uh, jump on and, and get another one, which is the Costco one, <laughs> which sounds like, okay, guys, why you didn't get your uh, local one, you got the Costco one. But I had the opportunity to do the, the Costco one back in 2020, I think, maybe, or 2019. 2020, I think. 2020 yeah and then we we switched the next year we did the one from tapped Mm -hmm. but the one in uh 2020 the costco one we figured it'd be kind of a neat thing to do uh we were able to grab one for us and then one for for nick and jen to do and the cool thing about it is is it's accessible to a lot of people so yeah for those of you listening out there if you have a chance to get it and if you get it and then follow our instagram at east carolina beer uh we will be posting about it every day and just drinking a beer. So the one from Costco, if you're not familiar with it, it's actually all German beers and like just full on German beers. So if you haven't had a chance to have a lot of German beers or check those out, um, it's, you know, it's a good way to get into them. Uh, from what I remember, there's a lot of good Keller beers and Pilsners and some Vice beers. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. And there was a German IPA in there too, I oh, think, cool. which I yeah. hadn't really had before. It's a, you know, kind of different from in the u.s styles for sure but uh good selection and there's a few different ones in here from the the time that i did a few years ago so excited to try it out again 
Well, and until you said that they had the German IPA, I was thinking, oh, you know, it's a really good one for longevity because if you're drinking a beer a day, you know, it might kind of add up. But if they're all kind of light lagers, probably a little more attainable to to check those off every day. But they might throw in a little surprise. We'll see. We haven't opened ours yet, but uh, from what I've seen online, it looks like a really nice lineup of yeah, sixteen ounce cans as well. So mm-hmm. it's a good deal. It yeah. was a uh, sixty nine ninety nine at Costco. Mm-hmm. So. Check it out. Follow along with us. Yeah, and it's like a nice little surprise every day. You know, <laughs> the way I did it before was in the morning. I before I go to work, pop it out. Yeah, clarify that you didn't. Yeah, drink it I didn't drink it in the morning before. <laughs> I would since the big. It's a big box, you know, and they're all pint cans too, so they're not little cans. But mm-hmm. um, I think it was like seventy bucks for twenty four pint cans, which isn't terrible. But I would pop pop the beer out, put it in the fridge before work, come home, and then after dinner I have a nice little advent beer. Nice little advent beer. Yeah, that was the same year that um my mom had gotten you the beer one and she gotten me the wine one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember I that. I don't recommend the wine one unless you're sharing the wine with someone else because it ends up being a, a lot. lot of wine. Well, because they were like I mean, they were smaller bottles of wine, but like they were two still like each. yeah, they were like yeah. three seventy five mils of wine, which is you know eleven a fifteen lot. percent yeah. somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. So compared a lot to of, a lot of five percent lager, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could not keep up. No, you could strong, not keep though. up. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You tried, <laughs> couldn't make it. It's probably a good thing, but yes. uh, but yeah. So speaking of boozy things, <laughs> yeah, speaking of boozy things and stout season, we introduced. We have a couple beers with us. We'll see how far we get through them. Um, <laughs> stout season, you know, imperial barrel aged stouts. We started off with a couple unique ones, and in a couple weeks from when this is released, the uh, 2024 Bourbon County Stout from Goose Island. You know, mixed feelings or not with Goose Island, I think the Bourbon County Stout is a is a good beer, uh, and you know, it's it's again it's accessible to everyone you know it's right. it's fun to talk about the beers we have today are are going to be some good ones I'm, I'm kind of excited for but they're not accessible to everybody across the country or you know wherever you're listening but the bourbon county ones they are some solid stouts and we're going to pick up that 2024 and we're going to do a vertical tasting on that so it probably won't be the next episode but probably the one after that uh we'll have the opportunity to do we've got uh, do I have a 2021? I think I have to double check. I might have because they had them at they had them on sale at Wegmans. And yeah, so like yeah, I know we picked right. up an extra one. We there. had picked up extra ones, and I think we got check. a 2021, 2022, and 2023. Maybe. We definitely have the 2023. We do. So it might be a three or a four beer tasting. So we'll have to do it on a on a weekend day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. When we don't have any plans later in the day, but uh, it'll be kind of cool to, to check them out as a vertical because it's really unique to taste it uh different aged aged things and uh speaking of aged things where we've had in my hands i've had this in the fridge for a while uh we've got a beer that is a collaboration between bond brothers beer and casita brewing in wilson uh this is a collaboration beer called foot fault it's a stout Aged in bourbon barrels with pecans, cacao nibs, vanilla, and salt. And it's coming in at a heavyweight of 14% ABV. Uh, This is a bomber that we picked up as part of a four-pack of stouts and barrel-aged things at Casita last year. And then we've had it in our fridge for another year. So prior to 
the beer making its way to us. What? It, how, when was it released and when was it aged, Nick? It was released in November 2022, originally, and then uh, I think we might have picked up the four-pack earlier this year, or maybe late 2022, but they... This particular beer, they had aged for three years prior to releasing that. So should be interesting because now it's had three years of aging in bourbon barrels and the additional year of bottle conditioning. So um, I'm really excited to smell, have a taste, just kind of see how it's how it's evolved over time. I mean, the three years of barrel aging itself should impart a lot of good flavor and then having a year to kind of mellow in the bottle maybe. Um, it should be a really nice brew. But uh, yeah, the name Footfall, to me, I, that always makes me think of uh, disc golf, but I realize that Footfall also applies to other sports. So <laughs> I'm assuming for them, it probably was a nod to disc golf, having a footfall, meaning you've stepped on your lie or stepped over the lie. The picture on but, the bottle is kind of like a unique abstract art thing, but there's a line on the ground where he's crossing. And I'm not okay. sure if it, I mean... If that's a literal thing yeah. or if it's just representative, but it could be like volleyball if that's that. Yeah, it could be volleyball, tennis, squash. Um, I think bowling, do they call it a fault if you step over the the foul line? I don't know. But uh, I'm going to assume it's disc golf just because that's a sport I'm more familiar with. Yeah, and I with. feel like it would be from them. <laughs> yeah, um, they have a little basket outside that they do a, a putting league in the warmer months on Wednesdays. And so I think they've actually made some custom stamps for disc golf discs as well all right but we've got it poured up and like nick said this beer is four years now waiting four years in the making (laughs) (laughs) owen's like don't drink that it's old 14 percent that's older than me not the 14 percent but the four four years part is old (laughs) yeah this beer can you imagine this beer is it's been aged longer than he's been alive yeah I mean, like, Quite a bit longer. I guess bottle conditioned for more than he's been alive. That's and he crazy. doesn't like it. He's like, what in the, what in tarnation? Mm, wow. Definitely heavy chocolate on the nose. Yeah, very, uh, very interesting when I open this up. It's uh, not a ton of carbonation on pouring, which you wouldn't like, really expect at this point. Uh, inky black oh syrupy. Gosh, so dark. It kind of looks like, and it, when I first opened it, the smell was reminiscent of like Hershey's chocolate syrup. And uh, it kind of looks like it too. It looks like a little it does. Like watered down Hershey's syrup. Like yeah. super dark, completely opaque, no light getting through. Not even at like the edges of the glass. I, yeah, no, I was holding <laughs> it up to the light above us and I'm not able to get anything to pass through. Um, yeah, definitely really dark. You mentioned, you know, no head. I'm even giving it a swirl, trying to form up a little bit of bubble. I'm not getting anything, really. <laughs> Smells super um, sweet. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. uh, I don't know if it's more like a baker's chocolate or semi-sweet chocolate chips, kind of. Oh, yeah. Now that you say slightly that. Slightly exactly, bitter. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a, a milk chocolate. It has a slight bitterness to that chocolate smell. Mm, makes me kind of want some chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Hint, hint, <laughs> <laughs> Chip, chop, chip. Hey, we got brownies downstairs. Chuckle, chuckle, chip. Mm. Uh, I'm going in for a taste here. I'm going in as well. Mm. I know. You're jealous. It's okay. You're too little. Wow. Too little. Sweet, chocolatey mm-hmm. mayhem. 
Yeah. Mouthfeel also is like really interesting. Just it it's so thick and like syrupy and viscous, but I don't know. It's it's not obviously there's no carbonation. It's light in that regard, but it's I don't know. I don't know if it has like a ton of residual sugar or something. It's just kind of really really thick bodied. Yeah, it doesn't feel too like mouth coating or anything for me. But maybe wow. it is. I don't know. <laughs> really sweet, though. My goodness. Um, yeah, super sweet, but it's got a little roasty character coming through. But overall, dessert beer for sure. The ABV is totally masked, I think, by the sweetness. Yeah, absolutely. And the alcoholic sweetness, too, probably plays a role in that. But the bitterness is mild, per se. I, you know, I think, mm-hmm. like, biting into this, <laughs> biting into it. I don't know that. It is like biting into some chocolate. It's like yeah. drinking chocolate, I think. I agree. Do you get a lot of pecan? Pecan, as some may say. If if I do, it's very minimal. I think it's kind of um, masked by the chocolate. Like, literally, chocolate is the primary note mm-hmm. I get. I think the salt is interesting because I'm actually kind of getting a, a, yeah. a, a little bit of salinity in the flavor. Yeah, me too. It's, I mean, obviously it's not salty by any means, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's almost like, you know, if you do bake something and you put a little yeah. salt in it. Because it elevates flavors too. Salt's mm-hmm. a, a good flavor amplifier. <laughs> Sentence enhancer. <laughs> enhancer. Yeah. I feel like everything, like salt benefits everything. Ooh, salted caramels. Mm-hmm. Salted chocolates. Yes. But surprisingly easy to drink. Like scary, easy to drink. I mean, well, yes. Other than the sweetness, I, yeah, like yeah, I, that would be the rate limiting step for me. It's a little too sweet. I wouldn't want to enjoy one of these on my own. Well, it's not. I mean, yeah. I mean, it came in sixteen point nine ounce bomber or you know glass bottle. Uh, I don't think anybody would be chugging the whole thing down by themselves without uh, go, instantly go, getting go. diabetes. But it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I think. For the strength and for the sweetness, it's pretty pretty easy. It's kind of like, you know, eating a piece of cake. You don't want to eat the whole cake, but you can eat, you know, speak for a good self pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, it's like when? No, I mean, maybe. maybe. I can do some work on cake. Cheesecake. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Yes. So, what do you think? I like it. Four years worth it. I mean, we just did the bonus extra year of aging. Yeah. I think I wonder what it would have been like. Just fresh bottle. Yeah. <laughs> well, fresh, fresh out the three-year barrel aging <laughs> process. So, yeah. Yeah, but definitely uh, definitely detecting more of the alcohol on some additional smells here. I'm taking deeper inhales and kind of late. It's a, it's a late hit of that booziness. But, again, yeah, it's really well masked by the sweetness. I think mm-hmm. the cacao nibs, there's that, you know, kind of a vanilla aspect. A little bit of that salt, too, I think, is doing... Um, yeah. Again, it's like it's not like a salty beer, but you can tell it has, like, some salinity to it almost. Yeah. Um, and it's... I think that's, it kind of helps cut the, the sweetness a little bit. And cut the thickness of it, too. I mean, it's mm. pretty thick. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like, you know, like I'm not, like, smacking my lips after mm. drinking it. I probably should have had lunch before this. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 14% can really sneak up on you, especially when it's something that's not 
you know, it's like a spirit when it when it's like so boozy, it it's like burning and it mm-hmm. kind of forces you to slow it down unless you're an alcoholic again. <laughs> uh, then you can down stuff really glug, easily. Glug, but, glug, glug. Um, but this one's so sweet, it's easy to take sip after sip and not realize. Oh, I've just consumed a lot of beer at a yeah an elevated ABV. So definitely a nice treat beer. I like it. Um, I'm excited because we have the other three beers from that four pack or. You do. Yes, we do still. Uh, yeah, in the fridge. The collective there. we. <laughs> the collective we. But it should be fun to try the other ones. Uh, but this is a, a good collab beer. Bond Brothers, and uh, you know they're in Cary, so they're not too far from the Raleigh area. But they're known for doing some really good collabs, and they do a lot of barrel aging. Actually, they have a, a beer coming out. That actually, just came out the end of October called APPY. And it's a bourbon barrel aged stout with cinnamon, vanilla, allspice, and sea salt. So, back to the salt. Mm-hmm. But they're, uh, that looks really good as well. And it's a 14.3% beer. So, Casita, they, uh, when we went to the Collab Fest actually a year or two ago, they had a lot of high gravity beers, a lot of high ABV uh, barley wines and barrel aged oh, products. Yeah. So, no surprise here that they're. This Where product is a collab. Festival again. I hope so because that was were fun. A lot of good connections, and a lot of good collabs. Yeah, and there was a lot of good beers. Yeah, but again, you got a pl- that day we were uh, had to really watch our consumption. <laughs> yeah, because then I can go this year and Joe can drive. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> you didn't drive last year, did you? No, I didn't go. No, oh, or last. It wasn't last year. It was last time you went. The collab. The yeah, fest, you were yeah. there. You were not pregnant. It was like a couple years ago. Oh, I did drive us then. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just had to slow down, I think. Uh-huh. Late. What's wrong with you? Yeah, so next Why time. Why don't you do that? Don't put that on me. <laughs> don't don't put, that put that on me. Evil well, on me, Ricky Owen. Bobby. <laughs> Owen is too young to drive, so. Yeah. Uber. Just a little bit. So if you recall back from last year, we talked about specialty beers not fitting in BJCP categories. Today we'll explore the stout styles. But this one, interestingly, falls into last year, last week's or last episode's discussion yeah. uh, of specialty <laughs> wood-aged beer because this was aged in uh, wood with added alcohol character from previous use. Uh, and, of course, these specialty beers are off of a base beer style, and this one would be the Imperial Stout as the base style. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just funny because it falls into technically that 33B category because yeah. of the wood aging. But Imperial Stout, one of the styles, or one of the classifications of stouts, um, more specifically American stouts, right? American styles. Yep. And, you know, for stouts, there's about six different classifications through BJCP. Uh, And if you've had a stout, you know they can vary wildly from the example that we've got today compared to, you know, a four-something percent Guinness uh, very different flavor profiles, very different style altogether. So we'll just kind of quickly run through them and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about each one. All the differences and similarities, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so I think for me, like when you, when you say a stout, like the American stout kind of comes to mind initially, which is what we're more familiar with, I think, as far as what's accessible and what's most widely brewed. But, uh, you know, a lot of the stout varieties are actually from 
you know, British brewing. And so I recall back a couple years ago, we had some episodes about porters and stouts and kind of touched on that a little bit. So this would be more of a, an enhanced discussion on that. So, you know, the, uh, the British porters and stouts are definitely more historic, I think, as far as what, uh, you know, like bringing those stouts to the forefront. But, you know, now we see a lot of things like the American stout and the Imperial stout on draft list, but there's, um, definitely a lot more to take from the, uh, the British style. So, yeah. And that's kind of the origin. I mean, we had an episode a long time ago talking about the history of stouts too, but some of the origin of it is the evolution from porters, which often can be confused with stouts, you know, and you think about the stout name really was a stout porter, a more full bodied, you know, higher gravity porter. So all stouts kind of, uh, stem off of that and really start in the British, you know, hundreds of years ago in the Great Britain. Great well, actually Brit Polts. According to BJCP, the British the dark British beer, uh, which is style guideline number sixteen, doesn't actually refer to the uh Great Britain nomenclature. It's actually the broader British Isles, so oh. not just Great Britain, so not so great Britain. Yeah, so the first one they have under the dark British beer, which is number 16 in the style guidelines, that's the sweet stout. So most of the time we don't see sweet stout used as the style descriptor, I guess, if you're at a brewery or somebody's talking about something like that. It's more like a milk stout you'll see most commonly. Uh, occasionally like an oyster stout would fall under that category of sweet stout, but... Sweet, sweet oysters. Sweet oysters, you know. <laughs> everyone thinks about an oyster and they're like, eh, it's so sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a, uh, a very dark, sweet, full-bodied, slightly roasty stout that can suggest coffee and cream or sweetened espresso. So even like mm-hmm. a coffee stout, another one. Uh, but, you know, some notable examples locally here. We've got Duck Rabbit and Farmville. They've yeah. got their staple or flagship milk stout, which is distributed widely across the, I guess, southeast region. Mm-hmm. They're in, I think up to like seven or eight states now. So yeah. definitely an accessible one. But the uh, what's the one from M- Michigan? It's Holland's Dragon Milk Stout. I oh, think. yeah. Dragon's Milk. popular one. Mm-hmm. Dragon's Milk. And then there's also Left Hand Milk Stout, which yeah. is another big example. Like, Left Hand's got some good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned this in the past, too, I think, on the other Stout episode. But they do a lot of nitros as well. So they do like some nitro sweet stouts and some nitro blonde stouts, which... Again, it's another mixed style. Yeah. It's uh, been a while since I've had a nitro stout, like, from a can with a widget that you yeah. crack it open and it... What's the one in the pink can that they do? Flamingo Dreams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Flamingo Dreams. That's like a... I like that one. Is that a blonde ale? Blonde ale, yeah. With yeah. Like raspberry. Yeah, so the, the sweet stout, that's 16A of the overall dark British beer style guideline. So, again, it's a... In English style, the history dates back to the early 1900s. So um, it's historically known as milk or cream stout. But legally, this designation is no longer permitted in England because um, the milk the milk name is derived from the use of the milk sugar lactose as a sweetener, not it's not actually using cream or milk, which actually is good because I think that would curdle. <laughs> so I think just using <laughs> the sugar is a good idea. But, Chunky beer. You know, uh, those don't really mix well together. Are you really feeling it, Elsie? Yeah, a little bit. For real? You had like two sips. I have 
had like four. Yeah, she also didn't drink for about nine months. <laughs> yeah. That's very strong. Still kind of getting that tolerance. We are sitting here. She texted me, I'm drunk. <laughs> I mean, a little exaggerating, yeah. but I feel like. Uh, distracting me. Goodness. But yeah, but yeah. so the it's a, a milk lactose, or it's a lactose or the milk sugar added in for be. this sweet stout. And so, yeah, you, you'll see milk stout a lot or you'll see... You know, like they said, the, the oyster stout, which is not as common, but definitely one that mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't, in my mind, strike as like a sweet stout. But again, that's where they yeah. classify it or recommend it. Fall I like under. a nice oyster stout. Always look forward yeah. to Black Pearl coming out from Black Pearl from uh, Duck Rabbit. It's a good spot. The Curse of the Black Pearl. Good one. You know, and then so next that was sixteen A, sixteen B. We're looking at oatmeal stouts, which I kind of forget about. I haven't had an oatmeal stout in a while. Yeah, I think they're underrepresented in the craft beer scene currently. Yeah, I mean, I think about some things, you know, there's, I think one from Trogues. Uh, the Founders is another notable example. I think Founders Breakfast Stout. Yeah. That one I have not had in a long time. Um, but I think that one's got coffee and, and whatnot added. I just always remember, like, the image on it of, like, the kid eating a bowl of yeah. oatmeal or whatever. Yeah, I think I had that at the Raleigh Beer Garden one time, uh, and it, I didn't realize, because that's, that's pretty high ABV as well, and it kind of snuck up on me, so <laughs> I had to reduce the total number of beers I drank after that. I was planning to have a much larger day at the beer garden, but actually, my one of my first craft beer memories from the Omaha, Nebraska, Iowa region that I grew up in was from Zipline in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I think they've expanded to Omaha. You actually had some Zipline beer. I did beer. have some Zipline. It came in a beer box yeah, thing, from your subscription that my brother got me for Christmas one year. I think I've been there. Yeah, and they have a really good oatmeal. So I think it's one of their flagships. You might have been there, actually. Um, it is phenomenal. And so, is it in Omaha? Yeah, so they have a tap room in Omaha, but they're I think, I think they're originally based in Lincoln, and I think they've just expanded. But they're definitely... Pretty well known in that area, and they do a, an oatmeal stout. Really nice, smooth, uh, velvety kind of mouthfeel. That oatmeal and the grist produces a lot of extra like starch, and you know just really creates like a velvety kind of silky mouthfeel, which it's really pleasant. Yeah, and that's really the the point of putting oatmeal in a stout is for to get those proteins and to enhance the mouth mouthfeel from it. Uh, but you know, talking about this and since we're starting in stout season, it makes me kind of want to seek out and find a nice oatmeal stout. Yeah. Okay. We're on the hunt. Keep that in mind next time we're out in the boot. We should be also on the lookout for the next one in the dark British beers style guidelines, the tropical stout. The tropical stout. Yeah. One you don't think of very often, but I have had a tropical stout lately. I cannot remember where it was from. But I did have one. Uh, I'm trying to remember. We had one on the podcast, I believe. Or maybe that's when. Yeah. It was one of our style studies episodes, I believe. Yeah, that, something it, we, like we that. We kind of we brought it in or it came into conversation because it's not something I would think that you would have a mixture of like a roasty kind of dark, bitter Mm-mm. beer base mixed with some tropical flavor. It just doesn't seem like it'd go well, but it's a pretty common iteration. Yeah, and the BJCP overall impression for uh, Tropical Stout is... 
a dark, sweet, fruity, moderately strong stout with smooth, roasty flavors, yet no burnt harshness. I thought this was interesting because um, they note that it's surprisingly refreshing in a hot climate. Uh, the tropical implies that the beer originated in and is popular in the tropics. Not that it has the characteristics of oh. tropical fruit from the hops or fruit. Yeah, I think that's a big uh, big thing. Because you initially see tropical stout and you think, oh man, you know, well, why are they putting tropical fruits in my stout? It's bad Just enough that they out throw, of here. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, glazed donuts in it. But <laughs> That was a good, you just, I just got debunked there. That was good. I, uh, again, so much Put some pineapple in there. Yeah, mm. and I mean, since stouts are ales... They, the yeast can have that fruity character, and that's, you know, really where it's coming from. Lower ABV, higher fruitiness, uh, and then a medium to full body. That, like Lauren said, works well in a tropical climate. Yeah, and definitely nice, you know, somebody that doesn't want to have something super harsh or bitter, that's a good go-to style if you can find it, of course. It's not going to be as common as yeah. a, you know, American stout or, you know, your your sweet stouts, but... They they exist. There's some notable examples they list on BJCP, but I'll have to look for some just to have a side by side tasting, maybe next to a, say, just a dry stout or an American stout. Yeah. And then next on the BJCP list is 16D, a foreign extra stout, which the overall impression is. A uh, very dark, rich, moderately strong, fairly dressed out with prominent roast flavors. Yeah, and I think big example here is going to be Guinness for an extra. Uh, probably the most, you know, recognizable one. There's a, a few other ones. I've not really heard of any of the other ones on the commercial examples at BJCP lists. Um, Cooper's Best Extra Stout? You've never heard of it? <laughs> Cooper's Best? Cooper's? What if it was like Cooper's Okayest Extra Foreign Stout? The Colonel Export Stout, London, 1890. <laughs> you not heard of that one? But it's the Colonel, K-E-R-N-E-L, like corn kernel. <laughs> mm, the Colonel. Not the Colonel. <laughs> colonel. <laughs> I always want to say that. Whatever I'm trying to spell Colonel, I'm like Colonel. <laughs> colonel. The Colonel. Yeah, I, I don't know. That one is striking to me because that's not a name that I hear a lot as far as, like, I've... I've I've at least heard of tropical stout. I've heard of, you know, sweet stout and the uh, American stout, et cetera. But the foreign extra stout is not one I hear very often. But like you said, Guinness is a pretty good commercial example of that. And probably yeah. most people's familiarity is going to fall under Guinness there. But it's, yeah, it's especially it's Guinness's foreign extra, not just the plain old Guinness yeah. too. Which it's funny because like you see that and you're like, okay, whatever. Oh, it's a Guinness, then, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not your not your father's or your grandfather's Guinness. Yeah, so a Guinness, you know, typically is one of the lighter commercial beers you can get, and it maybe surprises some people because it's a dark beer, but it's you know generally around I think I think it's like four percent or four point two percent, you know, which is right up there with you know a Budweiser or maybe even a little bit lower. So the foreign extra stout actually is listed under 6.3 to 8% ABV by the style guidelines. So a little bit elevated there compared to a normal Guinness. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I'm still kind of working on my footfall here. Yeah, me yeah, I <laughs> me am. Too. We have another one lined up, but we may not even need to get to it until later. Yeah, I, yeah, this beer, it's, you know, it's taking a little while to get down. I've got a little less than some of you guys. 
I also have a different glass, so I don't yeah. know if I poured myself well, an equal amount. But. It, it's probably good to note, if you don't take this practice when you drink a stout, having them a little bit warmer than you might have a normal beer, mm-hmm. or it's like a lager beer. Uh, it's a good way to let those flavors kind of come out and, and be more present than yeah. if it's fridge cold. I think they actually, a lot of bottles in these like darker barrel-aged beers are going to have a suggested serving temperature mm-hmm. not all always the case but it is in some cases so and yeah. that temperature is generally not as cold as you would find for you know say a, a german mm-hmm. pilsner that's going to want to be like pretty fridge cold uh but as far as these it's nice to let them kind of come up to a little bit of a warmer temp than you typically drink beer at yeah, and as this opens up and, you know, gets even warmer, usually, what, did you say you're on like 45 to 50, 50 to 5 degrees around That's a there? good range, yeah. Somewhere for there, but as this one opens up, I'm starting to get a little bit more of that pecan, and in the, kind of the smell of like chocolate-covered nuts is basically that, and then I'm also getting mm. some um, marshmallow smells, like... Ooh, so we're the, getting... Yeah, the aroma yeah. of this reminds me a lot of a specific thing, there's a... At Sam's Club, they have, like, this s'mores mix, which basically has, like, chocolate-covered... What the heck's that, that uh, breakfast cereal? That's, like, suit, like... I can't remember the name. Cocoa Puffs. Not that one, no. It's, like, graham crackers. It's oh, like, Golden Grahams. Golden oh. Grahams, yes. Yeah. Chocolate-covered Golden Grahams and chocolate-covered marshmallows within it. That stuff is Ooh. ridiculously delicious. Um but as this opens up, I'm kind of getting some more of that, you know, I'm getting some more marshmallow, getting a little bit of that malty, that's probably where that graham cracker is, but then I think I'm also getting a little bit of pecan in there. Yeah, I think I'm liking it a little bit more. It's it's getting less sweet, if that's even possible. It It, it is. As it warms up, I feel like it's getting a little bit more bitter almost. Mm-hmm. So maybe the bitterness was kind of subdued by the cold. Yeah. But yeah, so the Foreign Extra Stout wraps up the uh, British dark beers from BJCP. So that rounds out category number 16. The next one that they have stouts in are category 20. It's American Porter and Stout. So 20A is American Porter. 20B is American Stout. Uh, LC, since you've been having the trend, you want to read us the overall impression for American Stout? So an American stout is a fairly strong, highly roasted, bitter, hoppy, dark stout. The body and dark flavors typical of stouts with a more aggressive American hop character and bitterness. Bloody Americans. We gotta go metal with it and get it all hoppy. Get it all hoppy, boost it up. But yeah, I mean, roasty, kind of more just full-on stout, I think, when you think about American stouts. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for people that just really like the roast and that like bitter, like aggressively roasty beer. Roast me. So roasty. Uh, I haven't had an American stout in a while. At least I think that I've just purchased at the store, perchaps. Mm-hmm. You know, for a while I really liked uh, stouts. But usually, I, you know, if I'm going to get a stout, I probably get like duck rabbit milk stout. Well, or like a specialty release from one yeah. of the breweries around here. Honestly, you know, I don't really associate Sierra Nevada and stouts. Yeah. 
I thought that was interesting as like one of their commercial oh, yeah, examples. Like commercial examples. I don't know. I feel like sometimes BJCP needs to update their commercial examples for styles of the beer because some of the stuff is not super relevant anymore. Yeah, and so on that same note about Sierra Nevada, though, I'm familiar with their narwhal, which is a, a, it's more of an imperial stout. Oh, not more of it. It is an imperial stout. And so I don't know if I've had just their regular stout, but the narwhal is kind of their flagship seasonal release when they get to this time of year. And I've actually had their barrel-aged narwhal when I went to Sierra Nevada in March of 2022. Had a nice barrel-aged, uh, really highly rated, actually. I gave it a 4.5. How did the narwhal fare? Narwhal. Getting stuck in a barrel from that long. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it fared well. It was 4.5. <laughs> Whoops, it just squeaked a squeaky toy and squeaky, scared the baby squeaky. with it. He's on high alert. Uh, apparently, I've never, ne- I've never checked in just the regular narwhal. But uh, that one has a pretty high average rating of 3.96. Yeah. Which, so, and again, you mentioned not really having stouts too often. And I I find, like, I probably am not having just regular American stouts myself, really. It's like it's either some kind of adjunct-loaded stout, some kind of sweet stout, or the next one in the American porters and stouts category, which is the imperial stout. I think that's probably more common these yeah. days. I think people just live for those, you know, high ABV... <laughs> <laughs> Owen's really getting into the show. I'm gonna Baby eat the pop filter. Eat the pop filter, um, sir. He's got quite the grip on that. Can I, can I have that? There you go. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, imperial usually, style is just like more common. I feel like now. Yeah, well, I mean, they probably sell better. You know, you think about like people looking for beer. They're always ready to be like, "Wow, did you see that one was ten percent versus? Oh, I'm gonna get that ten percent beer versus this." five percent one you know i feel like that happens a lot so i feel like the higher gravity ones sometimes maybe sell a little bit better just because of the wow factor associated with them yeah and uh, yeah so for comparison's sake the american stout uh statistics for abv on that style the range of abv is five to seven percent and the 20c the imperial stout is in the range of eight to twelve percent and so Actually, it's funny that this one here, this is an Imperial Stout based, this uh, foot fault that we've, mm-hmm. we had the Bond Brothers and Casita collab. It's 14%, but that, you know, again, that comes into play with that, the wood age category. It's adding, you know, imparting some additional alcohol. So it's a little bit above the typical Imperial Stout ABV yeah. range. It's like an Imperial Imperial Stout. <laughs> the imperial imperial stout the most imperial stout yeah and it, i think it, it's become kind, kind of like with the hop wars i think there's all there was also a big craze of like how imperial oh, yeah. and boozy can we make these stouts and like while still making them beer i think at some point you <laughs> skirt the line of being like liquor this is <laughs> liquor <laughs> we can't sell this at uh well, I mean, brewery. what was it? Dogfish was it? Dogfish Head and um, Boston Beer Co. that were like in a battle for the highest ABV beers for a while because there's like Utopias was the one that Dogfish Head made. Mm. I can't remember what the one that um, that was made by the Boston Beer Company, but yeah, exactly. It's Hop Wars or ABV Wars 
all those things. Booze wars. Booze wars. But yeah, that so that wraps up like the official BJCP, you know, stouts. Other than as we talked about before, within the specialty categories, there's alternative um, fermentables. There's wood aged beers. There's you know imperialized versions of regular beers, except for the stout kind of has its own category. I think there's just a little more history with the uh, imperial stout versus imperial like IPAs and whatnot. Because you probably have heard of you know Russian imperial stout or, or those things in the past, but yeah. And again, you know, with the imperial stout, uh, it's a notable characteristic of that style to be suitable for aging. Hence, this beer here that we've had, uh, we've seen age three years in bourbon barrels and then an additional year in the bottle. Something you can't really do with a lot of beer styles without creating a product that's just not enjoyable anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't lend themselves to, to aging. So definitely a unique characteristic of the stouts. I think Imperial stouts too, just because they're already at a, an elevated ABV and they've got such a robust character. They do well with the aging process and allowing things to kind of mellow. And interestingly enough, I mean, cause you know, we, we know that hops are not meant to be, uh, you know they're they're a volatile addition. They're they're known to preserve beers, but they're not meant for like yeah. they're not going to get better over time. Whereas some other flavors that we find in stouts, like the uh, you know imperial stout, those actually can improve and can create a really nice, balanced, full-bodied creation that we just don't get with uh, aging any other kind of style. So <laughs> mm, lovely aged IPA, mm. delicious. <laughs> It's like I every- will say one other one kind of IPA esque is the barley wine. Yeah, that's can be aged, but mm-hmm. again, that's like uh, you know has a backbone of hop, of malt as well. Yeah, and higher ABV versus just uh, you know. <laughs> Let me uh, age this treehouse hazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, you could probably sell an old treehouse hazy IPA just to somebody that. Really was looking for one. <laughs> mm, tastes like old cardboard. Love it. Let's do a I finally got tasting. my hands on a treehouse. Yeah, IPA. vertical tasting. Let's do a, a vertical tasting of hazy little thing. <laughs> mm. I'd be like, I'm going to do a vertical of celebration. <laughs> Fresh Hop Ale. <laughs> this is the 2019 Fresh Hop. So uh, you you found a, a neat little deal from Untapped. Maybe we can round that out with uh, yeah. the, so, uh, the top rated... Yes, and you know, untapped uh, reviews, you know, kind of subjective. Sometimes people are just kind of crazy. But you can aggregate a lot of opinions from a lot of people on certain things. And, you know, I looked up just to see kind of what the top five stouts. So uh, as a reminder, you know, there's a bunch of categories of stouts in untapped, just like there is for the BJCP. Um, so this was basically going in and clicking all, all of the available stout categories that, uh, were available and then filtering it out by beers that are still within production. So the top five beers right now that are in the stout category, uh, according to untapped. So interestingly, number one was a beer that's not too far from your hometown area is Toppling Goliath, a Kentucky Brunch Brand Stout. Kind of a mouthful to say there. It's an Imperial Stout uh, coming in at a 4.76 average rating. 
which is yeah. crazy high. Yeah, no, and and striking because Toppling Goliath is probably most known for their Pseudo Sioux Pale Ale, mm. which we're now getting here in North Carolina, which is sweet. Yeah, they're distributing out this way, but yeah, the Pseudo Sioux, which is you know a really hop forward beer, is their kind of namesake beer, and to see that they actually have a a stout that's crest, it's it's I mean it's averaging over four point seven five out of five. Which isn't crazy because yeah, I mean, like most people are having fives. fives. Yeah. yeah, and 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 that's not any small number. I mean, it's not the highest, obviously, number of ratings on Untapped, but over three thousand two hundred and seventy ratings. It's got four point seven six stars. Yeah, it's almost unfathomable caps, that they're able to get that that average <laughs> yeah, score. That's, that's crazy. Uh, coming in not too far behind it is BBT Beer Barrel Time Van Winkle twenty twenty three by Side Project Brewing. Uh, this is an imperial stout again with a 4.73 average rating uh, out of 2,439 ratings. So coming in quite hot. Side project, where's that at? That's uh... side project brewing is in Maplewood, Missouri. Yeah, yes, yeah, so a side project coming in number two, number three, Anchorage Brewing Company. Anchorage, Alaska. Anchorage, Rhode Island, of course. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Anchorage Brewing Company coming in with Blessed, another Imperial Stout. So you note the trend of all the top five stouts uh, for any stout category are all Imperial Stouts. We'll just go ahead and get that out of the way. Big surprise. But this one coming through also kind of, uh, actually I'm surprised it is not above the BBT because it's 4.73 average, but there's 7,859 ratings. So more ratings, but the same average rating. So I'm surprised how, I wonder what the order is for that. Uh, again, another, another one, but, uh, number four from angry chair brewing is barrel age adjunct trail, uh, 4.7 average rating of 3,423 ratings angry chair. We've had a opportunity to have a couple beers from them. One at a, at a bottle share. And then the other one was actually their green machine or green chair IPA that, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Griffo sent us. Yeah, so Matt, definitely a big proponent of Angry Chair in Tampa. Yeah, and then for number five, coming back with Side Project Brewing, OWK 2023, uh, average of 4.69 rating. So all of these well above 4.5 with thousands of reviews each. Uh, Pretty crazy. Impressive. And all Imperial Stouts. Yeah. You know, the, a lot of them actually of the highest rating were no longer in production, just kind of showing the seasonality of the beers. Um, and there were quite a few that came through and actually got kind of got filtered filtered out from there. But just kind of some neat statistics from, from Untapped. Always uh, interesting to, to get that info. For sure. For sure. Well, it looks like we've made it through our footfall. And we've made it through all the stout categories. Yeah. That can only mean one thing. LC's pick of the week. Assume the position. Cracking of a beer. Yeah, you're supposed to close your eyes. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the baby that I'm holding. Hmm, We've got a glass in our hands. Interesting glass. And by the shape of the glass, I'd say it's one of those Guinness Guinness, Guinness pint pint. glasses. Yep. So I'm smelling a very malt forward beer. 
some roastiness, not a lot of sweetness, kind of a 180 from the last beer that we had. What? His passy fill also. I had to look because of the child in my arms and I'm not surprised by the color of the beer. I'm, I'm looking too, what the heck. It's not going to hurt anything at this point. Wow. A lot of head on this one, though. Uh, it's a really dark, yeah, very foamy. jet black beer, and then it's like a dark really brown dark head. brown head, too. Which yeah. I feel like is not very common. Like, usually you get a light head, but this is like chocolate milk colored head on this beer. Yeah. I made espresso this morning, and this is almost the exact color of the crema I had. Oh, really? Wow. And actually, it was almost the same consistency. It was like really whipped crema. I don't, I don't know what the deal was. I was actually confused because... It took up so much volume, but it wasn't that much like in weight. Yeah, because it was just so much extra crema that I'm not used to seeing. Interesting. I tried a different bean from Blackbeard. It was an Indian region. I usually am doing like Colombian beans for espresso, but I tried something different. Hmm. But yeah, had tons of tons of crema. But anyway, that aside, yeah, this smells to me like roasty, bitter, mm-hmm. but also. You know, we were talking a little bit about oyster stouts, which falls under the sweet stout style guidelines for BJCP. It actually kind of reminds me of like maybe an oyster stout. It's a little bit of that kind of earthiness, that yeah. like salinity from maybe a little bit of that umami from the, the oysters. And I just tasted it and it's sweet. Oh, is it sweeter than it smells? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I need to take a drink of water first to cleanse my palate. Is this super old? Yeah. Okay. I will say it's not fresh. (laughs) I'm cleaning out the fridge. Lucky us. (laughs) Lucky. Yes. This is definitely... It makes our job harder because it's like... I think this is a stout. Certainly. It's just very bold. Bitter. Rich, mm-hmm. sweet. I don't think it's a porter. I think it's just too intense to be a porter. Um, it's not like overly heavy though, but it's just very flavorful. Yeah, and it's not particularly boozy either. So I think it's either like an American stout or it could be one of the British dark beers. I don't know if it would be, it could be a sweet stout. It's just not like it's not particularly sweet to me compared to Mm-mm. that. I think it's football. more of an American stout. Don't look. Stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> I did this delicately with the baby. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely getting some. I'm afraid like we had a we almost. had a. A great divide Yeti in the fridge, which is also a ten percent stout. Uh, I hope Lauren didn't yeah, serve that to us. Yeti is a and that one's good, old. Good commercial also. example of imperial stout. It's very. <laughs> <laughs> By God, she's done it. Is it the Yeti? Yes, it is the oh. Yeti. Oh my gosh, well, imperial you, stout. Yeah, I do think it tastes a little off from what it normally does. Yeah, I think yeah. that's where that's kind of why I asked it was old because the yeah. bitter and roastiness yeah. is like normally super intensified. Better. Yeah, you guessed it. <laughs> I mean, it helps know you 
that you had, what, a, you what had an old in Yeti fridge? in the fridge. But. Yeah, well, exactly. as particularly that beer, usually like she has her own segregated stock of LC pick of the week. She keeps them in like a six pack holder, so you can't ever really see what they yeah. are. But that that Yeti Great Divide has been sitting in the fridge for like well over a year and a half now. <laughs> and I've just been like, you know, I should drink this sometime, but I never want to because I'm like, I don't want a 10% beer yeah. right now, 11%. And it, so it's just kind of sat there and been overlooked while it's, you know, companions have overlooked been picked no off over time. Longer. <laughs> it's sitting there like, please take it's me. It's been please selected. Let me go. And also, I think another hint when a beer's really old is when the foam is so thick like that. Sometimes. Mm, yeah, it, it could be. It seems more also roasty than it normally is. So, now we've had an yeah. aged Yeti, <laughs> which is not a terrible beer to age. I don't think there's a ton of off flavors. I just think it tastes more bitter and roasty than it normally does. Yeah, and the Yeti series from Great Divide is really nice. They have a lot of good ones. Like the Peanut Butter Yeti was pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah um, I think they have even like stronger Yetis. They have Oak Age. They have a uh, Chocolate Oak Aged Yeti. Ooh, an Oatmeal Yeti. So it's like an Imperial Oatmeal Stout. I think I might have had that when we were there. Ooh, I uh, so I've actually been to Great Divide. Uh, have you guys mm-hmm. used them? In there? Yeah, so I went there for a friend's bachelor party, and we went to... Great divide. I had a Velvet Yeti Nitro, which was really nice. That was that's an American stout at a perfect five percent ABV. So, yeah, they kind of cover just a lot of the stout categories. That'd be a good one to go to if you want to if you want to try to hit like American stout, Imperial stout. Oh yeah. Maybe find a sweet stout, maybe even a tropical stout. You might find every single one there. And when we went there, I was kind of surprised. It's very unassuming. Yeah. For like what it like how yeah. far they distribute and everything. Like the actual tap room is there. not very big and there were not many people in there. But yeah, just so many I mean the Yeti series alone has like a ton of different beers in it. We also went during COVID. Yeah. Too, well, and there's so. also two locations. Did you go to the brewery or the tap room? I don't know if I think I went to the tap room in Denver, but the actual like Where's barrel bar might be different. Where is that one located? They're both in Denver. One of them, I think, might be more like. It was definitely in the downtown area because we were able to walk see. back to our hotel. This one is like yeah, like 35th yeah, maybe Street. Maybe we didn't go to Denver. the. But, but like one, you kind of walk that's... in. There's a bar right there. Then you can go in the back in the room. Back. Yeah, that's where I, I think yeah. that's the tap room. That's where we went to. Okay, okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, then. so maybe that's just a little more of a chill vibe, but. Oh, rounded it out it. with a nice stout. Yes. Stout in us with a stout. Good thing we didn't crack open the other one. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah, I was gonna strongly advise against that, but the other imagine? one, I don't know. What do you? What should we do with this one? Should we have it off the pod, or should we have it on a, on another episode? Uh, probably off the pod. This is another aged specimen, I guess. Since we we <laughs> have it on there, this is the 2021 Old Rabbit's Foot, which is a collaboration between. Duck Rabbit Brewing and uh, Foothills. Mm-hmm. So this is it's another strong beer, ten percent. Uh, like I said, it's the twenty twenty one version. Uh, on it, they say you know it's North Carolina's original collaboration craft beer, Duck <laughs> Rabbit and oh shoot, did I say wait Old Hickory Foothill? But it has a Foothill thing. I think it is Foothill, isn't it? Oh yes, but Old Hickory as well. It says Old oh. Hickory Duck Rabbit and Foothills. I was really confused oh, when I saw Old, old Rabbit's Foot. Yeah. Old Rabbit's Foot. That makes sense That's now. Cute. I was wondering where that came from, from just Foothills and Duck Rabbit. But yeah. 
No, it makes did you get sense. that from? Because, uh, or sorry, from Duck Rabbit. Yes, yes. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had it uh, just chilling in their nice. in the fridge. Uh, but yeah, it's a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout for sweetening countenances and enhancing reputations. <laughs> stout brewed with honey and with cocoa nibs added and aged in bourbon barrels. Yeah, that'll be yummy. Yeah, I mean, we're just kind of getting into quote-unquote stout season. The other day was International Stout Day or National Stout Day. I November missed it. November 4th. What? Was, Yesterday? Know, yesterday as of oh. this recording, but... Yeah, not when it's released. So, but uh, yeah, so we're right there. We could definitely enjoy this off the pod, and then we've got some other things lined up, like you mentioned, the Bourbon County Barrel Stout, so... Or no, Bourbon County Stout. Bless you, buddy. Yeah, Bourbon County. I think it's Barrel Age Stout. I know yep. the official name. Something Bourbon County. It's too many. It's too like many B's. B C B S C B. But yeah, so I mean, I guess what'd you guys learn today? Uh, I learned that tropical stouts are not necessarily made with tropical fruit. <laughs> they could be stouts from tropical regions. I like my stat with mango. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, doesn't seem like the worst idea. I mean, because you think about, like, coconut stouts or, like, you know, stouts that impart some coconut flavor. It's a really good adjunct. I mean, you could add some other tropical fruit flavor and have a tasty beverage. So Yeah. Uh, But, you know, just don't always take the name at face value. It may not mean what you think. Yeah. I've learned that doing a, the podcast is a little more difficult with a four-month-old. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it was really easy now. for me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, we're just going to play Pass the Owen and <laughs> see where he ends up. Yeah. I learned that, you know, drinking 14% stouts, you know, can't do them back-to-back. Yeah. Not in our 20s anymore. We're not in our 20s. Speak for yourself. I'm just kidding, I'm the oldest one here. <laughs> well, that wraps us up for episode number 68, Reciprocate. Uh, make sure you hit us up on social media, especially if you get that Costco uh, advent calendar. We'd love to love to hear that. But yeah, hit up on socials. We're on Instagram at East Carolina Beer, Facebook East Carolina Beer and Brewing. You can send us an email at East Carolina Beer and Brewing at gmail.com and uh, just reach out hit up our website eastcarolinabeer.com we'd love to chat love to interact and just like hearing from you guys make sure you rate us following stars or don't depending on how you liked us and we'll see you in the next episode cheers cheers, cheers.